Thank you for tuning in to Game Investing Radio. My name is Hopper, your host, and today I want to help you navigate the first ever Golden Auctions video games ending tomorrow, September 18th, 2021, at what I do believe would be 10 Eastern time, maybe basically Saturday night. Um, is when they usually end their auctions. And Jared, the director, told me that uh, that's because a lot of uh, their clients are at home, able to bid, um, whereas during the week they're pretty busy. These would be high net worth uh, businessmen, high net worth in- individuals coming over from sports cards, I would assume. Um. Nelson confirmed that he brought over someone from Magic the Gathering that uh, is going to be placing his first ever bids on video games as well. And uh, actually, I think he brought two people over that uh, are coming over from Magic the Gathering, high net worth, and they're on the platform ready to bid. So today's goal is to walk us through several of the golden auction heavy hitters and focus on print runs and variations so that when you place your bids tomorrow, you're going to know what you're uh, bidding on as far as a variation. Now, I can't guarantee the information from here on out. I'm going to do my best. This is based on about 18 months of hardcore daily research, reaching out to experts in the hobby. I appreciate that, and I want to shout out uh, several people out there that help me understand variations like Dan Riga, Dan Gomez, Josh Byerly, um, Danny, yeah, three Dans, how about that? Um, Robin Mihara, and uh, anybody else like Jim Jimmer I'm going to talk about shortly, and of course anybody on Facebook that, uh, that posts variations. What I wanted to do today is help you understand how important variations are for certain titles that I think are significant coming up tomorrow. And we'll go one by one as an example based on what is going to be live at Golden. So I'm going to start with Minecraft, which is, I think, the easiest one to understand. And we're going to try to get all the way through to the mysterious, beautiful, complicated, deep Zelda. So let's start with the easy ones and work our way to the hard ones. So starting with Minecraft, this is probably the easiest variation to understand because we're going to go through what I call tells. And that's basically something you can quickly look for online when you're looking at a picture. Sometimes you can't see the side or the top of the box. So we're going to try to focus on fronts and backs. But on Minecraft, the first tell, the first tell. Excuse me. <clears throat> the first tell is actually on the spine of the game. Um, to see the spine of the game on Heritage, you're going to need to log in to get a high-res zoom on the left-hand side of the, side of the front bottom of the photo, and you'll be able to see a small 001 for first print or a 002 for a second print, which is not recommended as a, let's say, a high net worth uh game investment 
If you're a high net worth individual, if you're investing, you definitely want to stick to the 001 because it's much scarcer. That's the one everybody wants. That's the one that has intense rarity in terms of a modern game. And if you can't see that on the spine, I'm trying to look at Golden right now and I can't really see it. What you look for is on the back, right above the black lettering Mojang, you're going to look for the sentence that says includes two-day gold trial. So most general rule of thumb for most of the heavy-hitting Xbox titles such as Halo, Halo 2, Minecraft, you're usually going to see the earliest print run offering some sort of Xbox Live trial. For Minecraft, it's a two-day trial. I think um, Halo 2, for example, has a, a round sticker on the front of the game. So usually, if you're looking at a trial for Xbox Live that's included with the game purchase, you're talking about an early, if not first print run. It gets a little more complicated on Halo 2 because uh, the do not sell, DNSB, do not sell before, which is, we might call an orange label across the top of the game. And uh, that's not to be uh, confused with um, not for individual sale, which appears on like a Halo 4 pack-in, which refers to a non-retail barcode that could get scanned across the retail, you know, cash register. If someone, you know, busted open the box in the back of the warehouse of a Target and they're trying, you know, the game fell out, they can't really sell that individually. So back to Minecraft, you're just looking for a 001 on the lower spine, left-hand side, or two-day trial on the back of the box in the green above Mojang. So let's move on to Halo Combat Evolved. Now, this is probably the heaviest hitting, biggest title, and most important Xbox release because it was the launch title for the Xbox, which came into the game late following PlayStation's divorce with Nintendo. Remember that the PlayStation 1 was supposed to be a Nintendo, uh, sort of a CD drive developed by Sony. Um, they had a divorce, and that turned into PlayStations, which is probably a trillion-dollar property someday in the future. But, you know, these things, such as the ColecoVision, Donkey Kong divorce between Atari, ColecoVision, and Nintendo, which changed the Atari entertainment system into the Nintendo entertainment system. Xbox might have not, uh, you know, jumped into the game if there was two other players. Who knows? Who knows? All I know is that Halo was pre-launch before the actual console landed in retail. So what we're looking at at Golden is Halo Combat Evolved, what we would call a black label, which basically means it's a non-player's um, choice, greatest hits, those type of versions that come later. Generally, we would call that a black label. In other words, black all around. That usually refers to PS2, but you can call other games a black label, maybe even a Wii or, a, you know, which is a white, or we could call these green labels. Basically, what you're saying is it's the standard early release, but on Halo, you have a pre-launch, and you're looking for a green little box below Halo Combat Evolved on the front left bottom of the box that says not for resale, and that's NFR. So that's your first tell. On Golden, you'll see a 94A. 
you look for the green box, you don't see it, which means this is not a first print. I assume this is a second print. They don't say that. Um, they talk about the title selling 5 million copies. I do know they sold 5 million copies within five months. So you can, you can bet your bottom dollar that those 5 million copies that were printed right when the Xbox launched were not the 3,000 rumored copies of the NFR. So you compare 3,000 to 5 million. If you're a game investor, you really want that NFR. Unfortunately, there are only 20 sealed copies. So if you're a sealed game investor, you're going to have to go for the second print. 9.4a, that's up to you if that's an investment grade. Um, we're going to have to wait a while for the pop report. But if it was an NFR, you would jump on that immediately because NFRs, you're talking, I think we can confirm four nine eights, and then you've got 16 others. And that's it. That's that's it for a billion gamers. So let's move on to ga uh, not game, but God of War. This one is a little tricky because when you're online looking for the tell, I haven't confirmed how to find the tell. Um, you might want to reach out to Dan Gomez, who goes by Modern Database on Instagram, and he's building a database of modern games. We talked about Fortnite, Minecraft, God of War. And he said that the first print God of War is no Dolby with security strip. And that's something that you're going to have to look at the top of the game, which is almost impossible. And I'm trying to figure out if there's writing around the UPC barcode on the back that can tell you whether or not it's a no Dolby or Dolby. So it sounds like the no Dolby's came first. And here's the kicker. The second print, according to Modern Database, is no Dolby without security strip. Now, it's funny because if you go on Heritage Auctions, if you see a non-security strip, you're going to assume that's a later print. But what if it's a no Dolby that you can't see? Well, obviously, you can't see it on the top, but there's got to be another tell on the back because if uh, Dan is saying second print is no Dolby without security strip, then everybody is buying the with Dolby security strip third prints or later thinking those are first prints. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, as we learn print runs together, this stuff, this information develops. You can help me, hit me up if you know the no Dolby tells and the timeline between first, second, third, and fourth, and where the non-security strips fall in versus security strips on the no Dolby versus the Dolby, because I don't actually have confirmation as of this podcast, uh, September 17th, 2021. So let's move on to uh, a little bit easier but complicated if you're talking about general tells called tube seams for Sonic games. Now, tube seam refers to the actual shrink wrap produced as a tube. In other words, there's no seam. And the early games for Sega Genesis were clamshells put into those tubes, and I assume they were sliced and shrinked with some sort of heat machine um, top and bottom to where you're going to have an open opening on the top, maybe on the bottom, I'm not sure. And that's why it's called a tube. It's almost like a tube sock. The bad thing about it is over the years, you might get little bugs, dust, dirt that falls into the top of the game on raw sealed. And, um, you know, uh, 
Jason over at Trading Games complained about this because he's tried everything from blowing air in there to vacuum cleaning it at the same time, but he's blown out seals. So you have to be really careful with clamshell tube seams. Now, the problem with the tube seam tell, that's easy. You just flip over the game. I'm talking about online, Heritage, Golden. Golden has a Sonic 1 and a Sonic 2. You flip it over on the water label. You look right below the ceiling grade, and you're either going to see RTB seam or tube seam. So on Sonic 2, that's all you need to check for. That tells you that's first or second print, tube first, RTB second. But on Sonic 1, that does not confirm whether or not it's a first print, I do believe, because there's several print runs of Black Box Sonic 1. I do believe, and uh, D-Rob Gaming confirmed, that we are looking at a million-dollar Sonic game. If we can confirm this is first print, and we confirm that by the tube seam up top, and then on the bottom and back of the black box, you just see all black, no patent numbers. And on the front of the game, the first quick tell is you're not looking for the not for resale, which is going to be your pack-in. So basically, I believe that uh, Sonic was a pack-in, 15 million copies, um, Probably most of them were pack-ins, and then the tube seam black bottom is going to be your first print retail UPC version. And that's another thing. Generally, generally, not with Halo, well, I do believe there's a UPC barcode, but generally, um, UPC American retail is going to be generally first print, not all the time. And again, in this podcast, we're usually talking about um, made for the United States retail market. North America could include, you know, Canada, and then you've got Mexico. So that gets a little complicated. We'll talk about that with Mario 3 here in a second. But let's move on to the big question that everybody's asking on Facebook is the VGA 95 versus the 9.88++ N64. So first of all, how do we know this is a first print? It's really easy. You look at the front of the game. You look at the top right. You look for the N64 versus a small round gold seal that says player's choice million seller. So if it says player's choice million seller, it's not first print. And you want to avoid that in investment grade. In fact, in my personal opinion, if you're investing, I think if you want to go first print, I even think CIB is okay, like on a Zelda, a Matt Mario, a Sonic 1, these type of titles that are in the seven figures, it's okay to go CIB if you can get a clean copy that's first print. You don't want to go first print, you know, seventh or seventh print CIB. On uh, N64 Super Mario, we don't know. We don't know if these first prints, CIBs, like a 9.0 CIB is going to be better than, let's say, a 7 sealed because the price difference between the high end is really quite different on these. And speaking of price differences, this was a big topic on Facebook in the sealed video game club. Everybody's wondering why the VGA 95 uncirculated is so far below the 988 plus plus and i want to say a couple things about that first of all the first check you should always do is look at the grading labels so on the wada label if you look at the back you're going to notice first party y seam with the you know the box grade 
ceiling grade, and then it tells you what kind of seam. And below that, you want to look for white space. And this goes for anything you're bidding on, on Heritage, Golden. You always want to check the back of a WADA label because if you do not see white space before the, um, actually after the third line, you've got the first line box, second line seal, third line describing the type of seal. By the way, third party doesn't mean anything bad. All that means it's not it's not a first party title. So that really doesn't really matter. That still means factory sealed, whether it's first or third, it's still factory sealed. That just has to do with the publisher, whether it was, you know, uh, Nintendo, PlayStation, or Xbox versus one of these other companies like Acclaim or 2K. And uh, you got white space on the back of this 98A++ perfect grade Mario 64, which means this is a wild copy. What do I mean by wild? I mean that this was not a case pack copy. So in other words, this got sent in by itself. Someone found this copy somewhere in the wild, um, perfectly preserved. They got it to WADA without any damage. It got encapsulated 98A++ without any what I call qualifiers, stuff like fading on the box, cut in the box, mold, whatever it may be, or from a six-pack case, which you are not seeing on this. Whereas, if you click on the VGA 95 uncirculated, right before, below 95, you're going to see mint. And right below that, you can barely see it because the plastic hang tab is let to, it's left up. Whereas WADA will, will press that down and encapsulate it, you know, flush against the top of the box. VGA lets the plastic hang tab fly. And that tells us a couple things. That tells us that there's five other uncirculated copies out there because that confirms, according to Jim Jimmer on Facebook, that there was a case sent in. This is from a sealed case. In other words, someone sent in a sealed case to VGA and said, grade all six copies uncirculated. And according to Jim Jimmer, quote unquote, I asked him, does uncirculated mean that five more came out of the same case packs? And what kind of grades do you think they came out as? Jim Jimmer Guerrero says, quote unquote, yes, there was one 95 plus, two 95, and three 90s, obviously all uncirculated. So six uncirculated, five more out there. The 95 plus will probably never be parted with, making the 95 virtually unupgradable. So what he's saying is that the 95 we're seeing at Golden is the best VGA copy in the world that is available. And that's a good point that he makes. A lot of these high-end trophies are going one way into collections. So when you are studying print runs, you've got to keep that in mind. Not only do you understand that you're bidding on a first print copy, it's good to understand that is that the earliest copy available on the market? Because a lot of these pieces are never going to come back out again. For example, the 1.56 anomaly on the uh, Super Mario 64 we're talking about in the same exact grade as this one that may, you know, uh, Greg, get the Greg games on YouTube said that he thinks it's going to go for 830, 850. A lot of people are saying maybe half of the 1.56. It's exactly the same grade. It's the same game. Um, not the same piece, quote unquote, but exactly the same back, which means, you know, no qualifiers. It was found in the wild. It wasn't from the same case. That's very important. So there's not three cases. In other words, one for the 988, another for the 988, and another for the 95. There was only one 
case. And Jim confirms that, quote unquote, the uncirculated 95 came out of a case. And he says in 25 years, there was only one case graded. Full disclosure, transparency, I have talked to and had a phone conversation with a longtime collector that's on the fence about WADA that told me he um, he was fighting with all the big boys back in the day, um, including Bronte. He was in college at the time, and he went for all the obscurities that were cheaper because he didn't have the big dollars back then, but he said his storage unit is full of short print games, stuff like I'm guessing Princess Tomato that went off recently for the first time at Heritage, stuff like that, anomalies that you just can't find sealed in the wild. And near the end of our conversation, I asked him about the VGA versus uh, um, WADA, you know, debate that's going on. And he said, you know what? I hope they both go off high because I'm sitting on a sealed case. So I don't know if this is true. I can't verify it. But I was told that there is another sealed case of SM64 out there, which means we can count two sealed cases, which is probably six VGAs, 390, 295, 195 plus, as well as three others that probably are going to be in the mint range, and then three other gem mints, either water or VGA, when this person sends them in. And then we've got that nine eights that have gone off on Heritage and will have gone off on Golden if you're listening to this after September, let's say, uh, 19th or so. So that's probably enough on Super Mario 64, the uh, the most infamous game in the market in 2021. Let's move on to a little bit more complicated NES stuff. The last three games are going to be NES, and you know how NES is really the backbone of the hobby. It's probably the best um, guide that we have online to go by, the WADA black box guide. You can Google at any time, download the PDF, or look at it with a browser. I'm going to refer to that today. But let's start with something a little bit easier, which is Super Mario Brothers 3. Golden has a 968++, which is an insane grade. And the first tell you want to look for is on the front of the game. You're looking for the word B-R-O-S dot. And you're looking for either left, covering Mario's right white glove hand, or you're looking for it on the right, right above his hat. And that would refer to left bros on the left, right bros on the right. Left bros, according to... Uh, Chase, I believe, Default Gen on YouTube and Instagram. There are three first prints. Of, obviously, we're talking USA here, USA retail. But if it's sealed, we don't know. So we call them all first prints if the bros appears on the left. If the bros appears on the right, we're calling this maybe later print. Now, according to DRob Gaming and Danny, they were talking about a no Mexico versus Mexico version. So if you are looking at the right bros, such as the golden, the next thing you might want to look at, since you can't see the side of the box where there's warranty information, from what I understand, there's three or four variations of warranties and there's three or four lines, which refers to the number of sentences printed on the side of the box. 
Um, there's also small warranties and large warranties, and I don't know if that's WADA terminology for three versus four line, but I do know that there's warranties that cover the United States, I do believe Canada, and then Mexico would be the latest print. So this one says, quote unquote, this is WADA terminology, large warranty with Mexico, and it also says nine digit zip code. Um, so if you're going to... If you're going to look for Mexico versus no Mexico, what I understand is that's going to be early versus late. Now, I can't tell you how many print runs there are of Wright Brothers. I heard there could be several. Another person to reach out would be Joseph Leo on Facebook. He's building a database of print runs on that. And he's going through loose. So he's looking, he's looking at everything. Boxes, manuals, cartridges, inserts, warranty cards, posters, etc. But I do believe, for example, on Super Mario 2, he said there was 25 manuals, which blows my mind. But if there's three left bros, you can bet there's probably five, seven, eight, or nine. Who knows how many right bros, right? Now, I do know this. Separators, I always talk about separators, quick tells. The first one is the bros. Is it on the left or the right? And then if it's on the right, you want to go to the Nintendo seal of quality in the lower right of the box, either called a white seal, gold seal, oval seal. I'm not really sure, but I prefer oval because there's lots of different games with different colors. And if you use the little zoom feature at Golden, you zoom in on the lower right of that oval and you look for either a TM or an R. And according to Danny and D-Rob Gaming, the TM, which is actually going to be the quote-unquote first print of the Wright Brothers, which I assume is going to be the fourth print if you're talking about an open box with a date code on the top, that is actually ultra uber rare. Apparently, that's probably, I'm guessing, as short as maybe the first print, first print, which is the Left Brothers. Um, and you can look at the date codes on Instagram that I just posted under Grayton Games. And that'll show the three date codes. And the earliest date codes was actually in 1989. So the first two Left Brothers were released in 1989 versus the third print Left Brothers, first print, which was released in early 1990. And according to Golden Auctions, they're saying the Rev AR version, which is the later Wright Bros print, was produced between March 1990 and 94. That leaves a very short window for the TM Wright Brothers. I guess we can call that a TM. It's actually Oval SOQTM. That is a very, very rare game. Um, I, I haven't really seen many at all. Um, we have an Oval TM black box on our eBay, which we're asking 1.5 million. You can hook me up or you can, you can DM me if you want to get hooked up at a million. That is a rare oval TM black box, which also I believe needs to be revised at the WADA Games black box guide because I do believe the oval information is not quite accurate if you break down the warranty lines as well as the early TMs and the Mexico issue. So again, summarizing Super Mario Brothers 3, if it's sealed, you're looking for left versus right. And then if it's right, you're looking at oval SEOQ TM versus R. So left, left comes first, right comes second. And within the right, the TM comes first and the R comes second. Like I said, NES is complicated and it's going to get even worse because now let's go look at the half million dollar black box.
full disclosure, this was part of the trio that we sold to the dentist um, for $80,000. He got an incredible deal. He basically got this game for sixty to 80000 depending on how he valued the SMB 2 and 3 that came with it. It was a 9-2 trio we sold months ago, months before the $2 million record sell. We regret it. We left uh, a half million dollars on the table, and the lesson there is timing, timing, timing. I don't believe in luck anymore. It's all about timing, getting in and getting out. Full disclosure, 100% transparency. The dentist sold this to Nerdy Girl. We're guessing somewhere in the six-figure range. The dentist is kicking himself today. We are kicking themselves. We are kicking ourselves today. We, you know, the dentist and us left, mil, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table, if not a half million. Nerdy Gill timed it perfectly. She got in at a hundred. She's gonna get out at a half million or more, depending on how this goes tomorrow. But the question is, what print run is this? When we sold this game, we did not realize that this is technically the first print sealed Mario available on the market. Now that's the problem in the market now. The problem on the market now is that there is no matte sticker sealed. The gloss sticker is the one on Pawn Stars Mario that's probably gonna be locked away forever in a heritage vault. We've never heard of a third print sealed Mario Brothers in mint condition, if, if not sealed period. So really, if you're an investor and you're looking for game investing on SMB1, your only choice really is a fourth or fifth print. What print is this? So the first check, the first separator, the quick check, no matter what you're looking at in black boxes, if you look at the yellow, well, the Nintendo's in red, but you see the yellow lettering in entertainment system below bros. Welcome back to Game Investing Radio with Hopper. Sorry for the cutoff there. I'm not quite sure where we ended, but uh, it's getting so complicated. I think I'm going to focus on SMB1 and Zelda to round out this podcast. So back to Super Mario Brothers 1, I wasn't sure where we ended, so I'm just going to quickly go over the first tell, and that's looking for the sentence nintendo entertainment system right below mario brothers and if you zoom in on the entertainment system yellowing yellow lettering what you're looking for is a tm or a no tm which means nothing's there um that means nintendo was a really small company they were tiptoeing into america a couple copies in new york then los angeles then nationwide so these are really the early um, black boxes and what you want to do is google the WADA NES black box variant guide and if you look at the early ones keep in mind that we don't really know if there's a matte sticker sealed so you can forget about that second print is the anomaly quote unquote that Dennis called the Pawn Stars Mario 9-4 that probably uh, you know is worth millions of dollars I do believe Nerdy Girl estimated that that after the $2 million fourth or fifth or sixth print that went off at Rally, she said that that's a five or $10 million piece now. So you're not going to be able to get that one, assuming it's in a vault in Heritage Forever. And then I asked one Uped. one Uped is the power collector on Instagram and Facebook. I believe it's a 
possibly a lady collector, maybe that's been doing black boxes for over a decade, if not two decades. So she's a black box expert. And I asked her, have you ever heard about a mint sealed third print? And that's the first nationwide release, shrink wrap, hang tab, no TM under entertainment system. And she said, no. So that basically means there are no first, second, and third print mint sealed copies available. So if you're an investor and you're looking to invest in Super Mario Brothers, you really only have the fourth print, the fifth print, and then the sixth print, which has a TM. So those are your three choices. Those three have hang tabs, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Those run in 1987. So the fourth print is actually late 86. So that's a whole nother animal. If you're coming over from sports cards, um, you know, that's like the difference between a second and third year card. There's a drastic difference in sports cards when you move a year. So you're not going to find a 1985 Mario in mint sealed condition. If you do, you're probably hitting the lottery. You're going to be the luckiest person in the hobby. I do believe the one that went off in rally was definitely a hang tab. I'm not sure if it was fourth, fifth, or sixth, but clearly it's the earliest 9-8 hang tab. And that's enough to push that well into the seven figures. It might even be worth three to five now. So the one at Golden, full disclosure, is the one we sold the dentist in a trio for 80 grand. He sold the black box to Nerdy Girl, who consigned both the 9-2A, SMB1, and Sonic 1. So she's going to be walking away with you know a half million in bids or more. And the, the moral of that story is timing, timing, timing. We were too early. The dentist was too early. Nerdy Girl timed this piece perfectly. So the first check on the front, no TM. Uh-oh, you know it's early. Then you look at the back. What you're looking at for on the back, top middle hang tab check. Okay, good. That means it's fourth, fifth, or sixth. And then if you're, since it doesn't have the TM, you're asking yourself, well, is this a fourth or a fifth? And the difference on those two is in the upper left corner of the black box to the left of the hang tab. You're either going to see white lettering NES space P space SM, which is called a code, or you're going to see no code there. The NES GP code that they're talking about at Golden refers to the game pack, which is actually what Nintendo calls the cartridge. And um, I believe that has something to do with them calling that a game pack where they used to call it a cassette because on the Zelda manual on page 11, if you truly want a first print Zelda manual, what you're looking for is a manual on page 11 that refers to the cartridge as a cassette which I guess is a throwback to when I started gaming in the early 80s on a cassette player. We all did our gaming on cassettes. We waited five minutes to load the game. Sometimes it didn't load. But the best thing about it was we were able to copy cassettes with a, you know, a dubbing deck um, if you were into audio and stuff like that. So you could basically game for free. And that's something you can't really do on Nintendo as far as I'm concerned. So all of them have 
the NES GP as far as the fourth, fifth, and sixth prints. You look in the upper left, you're either going to see blackness or NES, NES PS, PSM. But I don't think it's really going to matter. I think if you look at the front and you don't see a TM after Entertainment System, this is going to be one of the nicest, earliest investment grade SMB ones. And it seems like the market as of this golden auction going off September 18th, 2021 is placing a premium on early because again, we sold this game for 60 to 70 grand a couple months ago. The dentist sold it to Nerdy Girl for maybe a hundred, maybe two months ago, and it suddenly went 5X. So clearly early on SMB1 is getting known now. I think there's enough educators on the market, get the Greg games. Um, there's the retro gaming dad coming into the hobby. We've got a lot of information on Facebook and Instagram now. So I think people are realizing that these hang tabs without the TM are going to be golden long run because you're just not going to find any. And if there are any early copies, I have a feeling they're in vaults, they're in safe deposit boxes, they're in safes, and they're never coming back out. Why would you sell? I'll just leave it with that. Why would you sell a fourth, fifth print SMB1 in, let's say, nine or above A sealed condition? Why? It just doesn't make any sense. That would be like saying, why would you sell a Honus Wagner? Or why would you sell, um, you know, Amazing Fantasy number 15 right now? Okay, let's uh, close out this podcast with the mysterious, beautiful, golden, deep, but complicated Legends of Zelda. So we've got a princess here. I wouldn't call this a queen because it's really quick on Zelda. Just like we were looking for no TM on an entertainment system for SMB1, which refers to the 85, early 86 copies. Um, Legend of Zelda was released in 1986. So there are no no TMs, which is really weird because that seems early. I don't know why there are no no TMs on Zelda, but what you're looking for on first print is a TM after entertainment system on the bottom of the box top of the cartridge or on page two of the manual now if it's a sealed copy you're looking right after system below the nintendo round seal of quality and if you look at the golden 9.0 a consigned by nelson um there's an r there so that tells you that is not a first print or a second print or maybe even a third print. We'll get into that shortly. So there's two questions. What is a first print and what print is this? Okay, I'm going to refer to the spreadsheet I was sent by uh, a guy on eBay out of New Zealand that he said came from years of hobby research. I'm looking at uh, three spreadsheets here. So let's focus on the box. Basically, there's... There's one TM box. There's two TM manuals. And there's one TM cart. So for a sealed copy, what you're looking for is the TM after entertainment system and you're done. There's really nothing else you need to do. 
Um, but if you're trying to figure out what's early versus late, I would say that uh, it's hard to say what mid is. I would say early would be first through fifth print. Mid might be sixth and seventh print, and then late might be eighth, ninth, and tenth print. So according to this spreadsheet, there's 10 boxes, and the first box is going to have a TM after entertainment system. Prints two through 10 have an R. So that's your first separator. If you have a TM, you hit the jackpot. If it's sealed, you better uh, you, you know you better get a high declared value on that if you're shipping. You definitely want to protect that like it's the Holy Grail. So the first thing we see is an R at golden. Now that we know that a TM is first, all the rest are R. So we know it's not a first print. The question is, is it early? Yes, because it has a circle seal and it has a rev A. So the first variation of R doesn't have the rev A. The second variation of R, which is the third print, has new screenshots on the back of the box. There's two screenshots, and the upper screenshot is actually different. And you can actually research this just by looking at the backs of TM Zeldas versus R Zeldas. And if you look at enough of them, you're going to see a revised screenshot. So the first three prints are very, very rare in sealed condition. In mint sealed condition, they're going to be the scarcest they're going to be the scarcest pieces after, let's say, White Bullets, Tyson, and Matt Mario. Um, very, very scarce in mint sealed. Fourth print comes next, and that's going to be your revision A. So that's the tell on, on Golden. On Golden, you're going to see everything happens. The party is in the lower right of the box. If you take that little magnifying glass, you're going to see the R. You're going to see the round seal of quality. So the, the R tells you it's not first print. The round seal of quality tells you it's earlier mid. And then the Rev A tells you it's mid. So now that we know it's a Rev A, it can't be, and it's a circle, it can't be 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, which means it has to be a 4th, 5th, or 6th print. Now here's where it gets tricky. Um... Fifth and sixth print have a GP. So GP, I assume, is a code on the back of the box. So if you zoom in on the back of the box on golden, um, I'm assuming that's NES GP. I don't know this. We're learning together. I see NES GP. Just like we were looking uh, on the Black Box Marios, it's right above Nintendo of America, right below Nintendo en Entertainment System on the lower right of the back of the box. There's your NES GP. So that tells us that's not early. So I'm going to consider one through four pretty much early. In other words, they don't have the NES GP. In other words, those are probably pre-game pack or between cassette and game pack. Now, what's the revision for the sixth print? It's NESZL USA. Now, what the heck does that mean? I don't actually know, but I'm assuming up in the upper left, just like on the black box Mario, that's the code, NESPZL. Now, the problem is there's an NESZL USA and a USA asterisk and a USA one. 
but that doesn't really matter because those are on ovals and I really hope that you can focus on round seals if you are game investing and you really care about print runs and that's what this is about today. I really think you should focus on round seal of qualities no matter what you're dealing with in NES. Obviously on on uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 and other you know other things like RoboCop or whatever there's a 9-8 RoboCop coming up in Signature, which is an amazing piece. Those type of games that came out a little bit later in the print runs, uh, the timeline of Nintendo, you don't have to worry about that. But if you're talking the heavies, the super heavies, the Tysons, the Zeldas, the Marios, the games that were printed over several years. Remember, SMB1 was printed over nine years. Tyson over a few years, Zelda over a few years. A lot of these games are printed over two, three, four, five years. In sports cards, you know, that just wouldn't have any value on a third, fourth, and fifth year card versus a first or even second year. We dropped significantly in sports cards. So if you're coming over from sports cards, the first lesson I think you should walk away from this print run is don't count second, third, fourth prints out. When you're talking about something like an SMB1 that goes across nine years or a Zelda that's so complicated and so scarce that you're just never going to find a first, second and third print. I do believe there is a first print coming to market. The first sealed first print coming to market in Heritage late October for a happy, happy Halloween. Full disclosure, I have two CIBs. I'm rooting for that piece. Uh, Clubhouse gang said that Danny started off with an over and under of 4450. When he did his review a couple, let's say, weeks ago, I think the general consensus is easily going to do a half million. I think Get the Great Games just said last night on his YouTube that uh, he expects that to, you know, get near a million dollars. Um, and then I've, I think D Rob Gaming or somebody said on Instagram that, you know, that could go beyond a million dollars. We don't know because it's an 8.0. If it was a 9.0 first print Zelda, that could has no limit on the upside as far as i'm concerned because there's no comp the hawaii singer 9.4 that i do believe is in a vault somewhere is probably never going to come out unless uh you know there's an emergency in a family i do believe is when these pieces come out um you know, that could be a divorce, a bankruptcy, a business situation, a move. Um, it could be uh, kids. It could be health issues. It could be, uh, you know, inheritance. Th those types of events is when those type of pieces are going to come out. And I don't see that in a panic selling event. I just don't see those type of pieces. Your early Matt Sticker Morrow, your sealed White Tyson, your early sealed Zelda, your early sealed left brothers your your first print sealed sonics i just don't see those ever experiencing a panic selling event i don't even see you know 95 or 988 plus plus uh super mario 64 is getting panic sold so what if there's let's say six 95s on the planet or something and another two 98s I, I, how do you panic sell that you know how do you panic sell that so getting back to zelda the one on golden i can't confirm this but i'm guessing it's a sixth print and um i could be wrong because of the code um but it definitely says nesgp so it has to be a fifth it has to be a fifth or sixth i don't see how it's a fourth so in this instance if it's a sixth 
and you're reading the uh, the description you see at the auction site, um, it says 6.5 million copies, definitely most influential games of all time, and it says Reve on the label. It says three screws, so you know it's not really early, and it has a round seal of quality. So it doesn't say, hmm, my computer is really slow for some reason. It's not telling me more information about the NES GP or the code on the back of the box. So I'm going to leave it at mid. I can confirm that that screenshot is late. So there's, there's, you know, you got the screenshot, then you got the Reve. To, the Reve, by the way, refers to the three-screw cart. And if you look at the spreadsheet on three-screw carts, they actually start on third print. So, you know, I don't think this is a third print. I really think it's a fifth or sixth. But um, if you go by cartridges and you're coming over from, let's say, completist theory on uh, CIBs, you might get thrown for a loop on the boxes because I think generally a lot of the CIBs in the old guard collecting community aren't actually complete. I believe there's a lot of, uh, not imperfect, but what do you call that? Married parts, incorrect married parts. So, you know, you might think you have a round seal Rev A box, but it could be a fifth or six, and you might be pairing that with a second print cart because the R cart goes, the circle seal R cart goes second through eighth print. And again, it has the same things such as the Rev A, the RT. I don't even know what the RT means. And then the NESZL USA. So to if it has the NESZL, it seems like you can't really call that early. Um, I really think that the Golden Zelda is more like a mid-production. But correct me if I'm wrong. They're calling it an early production. Um, if they're just splitting up round seal into early and oval into late... That's the problem with having early, mid, and late is because mid is very hard to nail down. And I don't know if they're using year of production on that, but um, on the boxes, first, first through seventh print all have the 1987 copyright date. So if you're going by copyright date, that doesn't really tell us when it came off the factory line in Japan. And remember... There is a big difference between when it got packed into a case pack in the late 80s, early 80s, or mid 80s in Japan, and when it was allowed to be sold at a retail store legally in the United States. Because you can bet your bottom dollar things like NFRs on Halo were released to several people and stores before they were allowed to sell the UPC copy through the cash register. I think that's a carryover from the music industry where they track those sales based upon the UPC getting scanned across the cash register at a certain date because then they can determine who is on the billboard rankings. And I don't think we had that for video games, but I do believe that you know you can lose your account with Nintendo or your distributor if you scan something through the cash register before that do not sell before date. 
So I believe that as we move further, and I just watched YouTube's default gen video on print runs, which I recommend highly. Um, he's He's got great content. He's a variant expert, and he's an old school collector. Great comedy as well. But um, he makes a good point that first print is just kind of like grading. It's kind of like, what are we what are we in the mood for today? Are we going to ignore date codes today and, and talk about them tomorrow? Are we going to ignore Japan came first, but everything is made in Japan? We're throwing millions of dollars at, you know, there's all kinds. Are we going to ignore PC and arcade boards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're looking for a firm timeline, you're coming, coming over from sports cards, you're going to have to start investing in uh, arcade boards. You know, that's where it all started. It started in the arcade like I was gaming back in the 70s. Um, that's where true gaming started. It was all based on adventure, putting your money where your mouth is, and never finishing any games because we didn't have any strategy guides or YouTubes. So it wasn't speed running or twitching or streaming. We didn't do that. We popped in a quarter or two. We decided whether we were going to invest our whole allowance into that cabinet, and then we moved on. So it was more like it was more like a buffet tasting back in the day. That's what gaming was all about: adventure and and discovering new cabinets, as opposed to mastering titles. So with that said, I'm going to throw out an opinion that as we move further into this hobby of collecting, investing, graded games, I believe that timelines are going to matter. They're starting to matter on significant pieces such as SMB1, and Zelda is going to get a wake-up call later this uh, later this year. Um, and if that White Bullets Tyson ever came to market, you know, all it takes is one big piece to wake up the timeline. And I think we saw that with SMB1 because it wasn't a first print. And that's when people start scratching their heads when you're dropping millions of dollars. You want to know, well, wait a second. A fourth, fifth, or sixth print went off for $2 million. Now I feel safe dropping a half million on this 9.2 fourth print, for example. I think Zelda's going through that. I think SMB1 is going through that. I think Sonic is going to go through that very shortly here because we have a later print um, coming up at Heritage that's in a higher grade, but we have the first print coming up at Golden tomorrow in a very respectable 9.4A that uh, many people in the hobby think is a million dollar game. So I hope today's information helped you learn more about print runs, timelines, variations, uh, the difference between um, production in Japan versus landing on a retail shelf, such as the rumor that Left Bros was only on shelves for a month versus the right bros on shelves for a long time selling millions of copies when you think of it like that if you go into a time capsule and you go back and pretend walking to your game shop i mean you really got to be ahead of the game if you were buying a first print off the shelf putting it away and not opening it i mean that is a complete anomaly and let's face it anomalies is what's running both the market and the hate storm right now it's anomalies. It's either, oh, that's too scarce, that was manipulated, that's a pump, or that's too common, that's manipulated, and everything's going to crash. So when, when anomalies rule the market, 
I think uh, studying print runs and variations is a smart thing. And I do that every day. And uh, I've been moving on to modern, which is a lot easier. And that's the good news. If you're coming from the black box guide and you're moving through NES, N64, GameCube, you're coming up to Wii, Xbox 360, PS2, it's a cakewalk in the park. I mean, basically, you're looking for where it was made and then a couple other things that are pretty easy to tell on the boxes. You can always use part numbers on the back of the boxes on Wii, stuff like that, um, barcode information. It's a lot easier than the intricacies of like Zelda manuals and uh, NES boxes. So I hope this information was helpful today. I know it was long, but again, she's complicated, mysterious, deep, golden, beautiful. What can we say, you know? This stuff is fun, interesting, and dynamic because it's multidimensional. It's like a Venn diagram. It's not linear like comics and cards and coins. And I think if you're coming in from those areas, that's the first thing to throw out the window is try to let go of that linear mentality where early is first and I'm going to wait for the first copy because you may, you may be waiting forever. You may, you may never be able to buy a first print Mario, a first print Zelda, a first print Tyson, a first print Sonic. You might not have to do that. And if you are going to hold out for that linear timeline, you might want to look at PC. You might want to look at arcade. You might want to look at Japan timelines. And you might want to look at CIB. If you like this episode, if you like taking a deep dive in the rabbit hole of variations, such as the 880 theoretical possible com combinations of a Zelda box manual and cartridge, not including things like the you know, inserts in the warranty cards or whatever. Take a look at the CIB market and start pulling up hundreds of pictures at a time. Do your own research. It's just like that little game we played as kids where we would compare two pictures and find out what was different. Same thing with the games, the manuals. Um, the problem with the manuals, though, you might have to open them up, so you may have to actually buy them. And that's the rumor I'll leave you with. That's the rumor. Dennis and Kenneth... I've never met them or talked to them. This is the rumor that I heard. I heard that they spent a lot of coin buying any and all black box parts and pieces, throwing them all out onto the apartment floor or whatever, and just doing the work. They did the work. They looked, they checked, they researched, they looked at the back, looked at the front, looked at the side, looked at the warranty, looked at the code, looked at the date, looked at the factory. They looked at everything on hundreds or thousands and thousands of games, and that's how they became the experts. And there is no easy way. It takes hard work. And what does that mean? That means try. Try something new. Pull up Heritage, eBay, Golden and right-click and open 100 windows and try looking at, at something like a No Dolby or an NFR or a NESGP and open up 100 windows on your computer, get a little notepad out, build a spreadsheet. Don't worry if you fail and you buy the wrong print run. I've done it over and over. I just sent an IMP into WADA today to be fixed because once you get through those, you can become a master.